Monday was an off day for the Chicago White Sox, their last scheduled off day of the season. The Cleveland Guardians are the divisional champs, and they have let the White Sox know about it. The Sox start up a three-game series Tuesday night against the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. It will be a battle for second place in the AL Central. How sad is that? And as the season winds down and we head into the offseason, there are lots of question marks at a variety of positions, and second base could be the biggest question mark of all. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Locked on White Sox is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Lance Lynn struggled the last time he pitched in Minnesota. Can he help the Sox get back on track? Miguel Cairo is disappointed with the recent effort by the White Sox as there is a lot of blame to go around as the Sox battle for second place in the Central. The Cleveland Guardians are basking in the glory of being divisional champs. State of the White Sox, 76-77. and 77. One game under 500 as we enter play in this last week of September. Uh, Cleveland, of course, has clinched the AL Central, if you didn't hear about it, and there's a lot of videos to show that. Uh, Sox have nine games left in this season. Uh, so the Cleveland Guardians, uh, they are champs. Uh, not a lot of uh, respect was given to them at the beginning of the year. Percentage was low that they would uh, win the, the division. Uh, Cleveland has made all kinds of videos and put those out through their social media platforms, rubbing it in uh, the face of the White Sox organization. Uh, no shortage of videos out there, uh, fire Tony LaRusa comments, and of course bashing the White Sox for failing to show up amongst other uh, details. You know, I hey, it's aggravating as a Sox fan to see those videos, but they are the division champs if that's how they want to celebrate. Uh, do White Sox players even care is the real question. I know there's a call to maybe uh, put those uh, videos uh, all over the place. So uh, almost as bulletin board material. And I, again, I don't know if it would resonate with this group of White Sox players. Uh, I do not know at all. It might create some fire, but there's so many moving parts and what this team will look like maybe in 2023. Uh, again, it's going to look similar, but there might be some new faces that, you know, they don't care too much that Cleveland won because they weren't with the White Sox. There could be a brand new manager and a brand new coaching staff. I don't know how they might use 
uh, what Cleveland has done as motivation. Uh, but, you know, the White Sox did win the Central last year at Cleveland, celebrated there. Perhaps the Cleveland Guardians took notice of that. Uh, and we know what type of club they have and, and who manages them. And they turned things around uh, and they are the champs. Uh, the White Sox, you know, uh, they've got a bunch of guys uh, that uh, they're just not playing as a team. And I, and I think for you to be maybe motivated uh, by some of the videos that the Guardians have put out, um, you have to actually have some pride and integrity in what you're doing. And the Sox do not, after what we saw uh, during this past homestand. Uh, you've got to have players that buy into what the organization stands for. The only problem here is I don't know what the White Sox stand for uh, at this point. On paper, the Sox will probably still have a talented group uh, full of potential once again in 2023. Uh, but can the individuals come together and play as a team? One mission, one objective. Uh, that takes more than just a bunch of all-stars. It takes chemistry. Uh, talking about chemistry, I feel like the Sox uh, have not had it, especially up the middle. Shortstop, second base combinations uh, this year and for several years uh, have just not clicked. We have not had a consistent uh, second baseman for a long, long time. I think you have to go back to maybe Ray Durham. Second base, uh, will be a talked about position. I know in the off season it has for several of Rick Hahn's off seasons. Second base, right field, DH. In my personal opinion, I think second base is going to be an inside job. They, for a lot of different reasons, are going to look at you know maybe Danny Mendick and Romy Gonzalez and Lenin Sosa. Perhaps Lurie Garcia gets into it. Who knows? Maybe they'll bring Josh Harrison back and there'll be this competition in the offseason. I doubt that they're going to go out there uh, and, and find a second baseman. Uh, want to take you down a list of prior second basements. It's a tough list. Uh, this is the beginning of the rebuild. So the first season, uh, 2017, under Rick Renteria, your opening day second baseman was Tyler Saladino. Uh, and that lasted one year, as all these in this list have. Uh, Yoan Mankata was your opening day second baseman in 2018. In 2019, it was Yolmer Sanchez. In 2020, Leury Garcia. Nick Madrigal in 2021, remember him? And then, of course, Josh Harrison uh, at the beginning of this season on opening uh, day. Uh, barring some bizarre situation, uh, and it wouldn't be too far-fetched for the White Sox, opening day 2023 uh, will feature the seventh different second baseman in as many seasons. So what are the Sox to do? You know, you heard uh, me talk on uh, a previous episode. Elvis Andrews would like to come back to the White Sox organization, is willing to change positions. Most likely that means him moving to second base. Uh, so is he in the competition if you bring him back and spend the money, uh, which I don't think he'll be terribly cheap uh, with Gonzalez and Sosa and Mendick and Garcia. Are, are you really going to bring Harrison back? Uh, again, there's not a lot of quality options this offseason in regards to free agency uh, when it comes to the second base spot. Uh, Sox will do it on the cheap uh, in my mind and focus any money uh, they are willing to spend on other positions, uh, maybe more mediocre bullpen arms that are on 
innings limit uh, and often injured. Who knows? I would simply like to see a second base revolving door finally end. A love for the White Sox to find a second baseman of the future. It'd be nice to have some consistency and chemistry up the middle for a change. Uh, there is so much blame to go around. Lots of disappointment over individual performances. I'm going to tell you what bothered Miguel Cairo about the way the White Sox played during the most recent homestand. Uh, more on that in a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Lot of disappointing performances uh, this past season, and there's so many more that we will discuss uh, as uh, these nine games continue to roll off the calendar and we focus on the off season, but. You know, guys like Yohan Mankata, talked about him in the previous episode, polarizing figure, uh, a lot of disappointment, failure to live up to the hype built up by the media, baseball publications, scouts. We as fans uh, bought into it, right? Uh, again, we're approaching that six-year anniversary of the, of the great uh, Chris Sale trade that really took this franchise in a different direction. Uh, you know, we were able to get back from the Red Sox, Yohan Mankata and Michael Kopech. Those were the big names. And we're still really trying to figure out what we're going to have with Michael Kopech, which is fascinating to me. Here we are six years later. And then the same thing goes with Yohan Mankata, often injured, uh, appears to just not care, maybe with his body language. We haven't really gotten a, a big sample size of him living up to what we thought we were going to get. We got a season a few years ago. And then of course there was the COVID uh, year and, you know, he's been injured. Hasn't, you know, his, his offense hasn't been there in 2022. I still think he's got a, you know, above average glove at third. Uh, I know people lose their mind over the not hustling to first base. And, and that drives me crazy too. And, and I wonder what's going on behind the scenes with that. If he was giving marcher orders from, uh, you know, the coaching staff to not hustle uh, on plays to protect his hamstrings. I, again, I don't know, don't want to make excuses, uh, but he's not going anywhere. Disappointing, but I don't see Yohan Mankata going uh, anywhere. Um, you know, there's a lot of money being owed to him. I don't know if a team is going to, you know, pick up that contract. And again, what better third base option do we have? Is it Jake Berger? Do you really think Jake Berger is going to be your answer in 2023? I don't think so. Yasmani Grandal, huge disappointment this year. We're going to see what he can give you next year, but a guy that has had knee injury after knee injury, you know, hamstring issues, back issues, and he's a catcher, uh, you know, that obviously affects his power. It affects his playing time. I think Sebi Zavala, from what we've seen, is a better option. But how are you going to sit Yasmani Grandal and all that money that you gave him 
uh, when that signing occurred, which was a great signing. Hey, that was exciting times. You know, we're giving premium money to a premium catcher uh, offensively, defensively. And, and right now we're seeing Yasmani Grandel definitely on the back nine. It's kind of sad to watch. I don't know what he has left uh, for next year. Giolito, you know, talked about him quite a bit. A very, very disappointing performance uh, individually. He has said the right things, you know, but how can he fix that? Can he fix that? Getting together with Ethan Katz without a lockout, they're able to talk uh, consistently and he can get the work done that he needs to from the beginning to be ready for Arizona. I, I'm pulling for him. He's got the stuff. It's just, boy, uh, from where he was a couple of years ago to now, I, I would think he would be where Cease is at this point, you know, vying for a Cy Young award. You know, at this time one week ago, I, I can't believe it. We were preparing for the biggest series of the season. And then Tuesday happened. Game one of the Cleveland series. After that, a complete and total collapse. Sox were swept by the Guardians, then swept by the last place Detroit Tigers. Sox were winless on their homestand. It was the first time something like that has happened since 1989. Uh, their record, of course, during this most recent homestand, 0-6, run differential, minus 21, batting average, 0.208 OPS, 0.598 bullpen ERA, 765. Ouch. I mean, those numbers uh, tell it all. Miguel Cairo on what has been going on with this White Sox team. Quote, that's not acceptable. That's not baseball. That's not what the Chicago White Sox are about. It was terrible. You've got to come back Tuesday in Minnesota, so they better bring some effort. It was kind of embarrassing. You saw for six series the way you were supposed to play the game, and you saw Sunday, it was a totally different team. There's nine more games, got to finish strong and hard. Uh, this was Dylan Cease after Sunday's loss and, of course, the end of that horrible homestand. Quote, it was tough. After a disappointing season, for it to be sort of capped off by this is tough. I still like us to finish strong with our last nine. We're definitely disappointed. We take the game serious. We compete. So when you compete and it doesn't work out, it's frustrating. We're disappointed, but we've got a lot of professional guys here. A lot of guys with a lot of big league time. We're not sulking. We're showing up to play the rest of the games, end quote. I mean, they're saying all the right stuff. We'll see what happens. Again, after that Tuesday extra innings loss, game one, I feel like the White Sox uh, players, they knew, I don't know if they got together and talked about this. It almost just seemed like individually, they all just checked out. They knew the hill that they needed to climb uh, to win the AL Central. And they let the Cleveland Guardians walk all over them Wednesday and Thursday, game two and three. And then did not show up against Detroit. I mean, the bats didn't show up. The defense didn't show up. The bullpen definitely didn't show up. Jake Diekman uh, on Saturday and then Kendall Graveman uh, on Sunday. And, and Sunday, Fan Appreciation Day. And how does Jose Abreu not play in Fan Appreciation Day? It very well could be the last Sunday home game you will ever see Jose Abreu in a White Sox uniform. 
again, it pains me to have that talk, to, to really rationalize that. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in the offseason, uh, but there's a very real chance that that was going to be it. And to not have him out there for Fan Appreciation Day, uh, that was bizarre. Uh, for a while there, it seemed like it would be Minnesota's division to lose. Uh, and the end of the year here, this series between the White Sox and Twins would have huge ramifications. I'm going to tell you why it's a depressing end to a depressing season. Uh, more on that in a moment. White Sox are in Minnesota on Tuesday. It's a three-game series. The Sox will be battling the Minnesota Twins for second place in the AL Central. Uh, the Twins are just two games back in the loss column. Uh, I can't believe we're talking about second place and maybe even third place for the White Sox when it's all said and done. Six remaining with the Twins on the schedule, uh, including off days. Get this. Including off days, the Minnesota Twins spent 108 days in first place this season. Their biggest lead in the AL Central was five and a half games back on May 24th. Uh, they were really shocking the AL Central at that time. And again, we thought this series at the end of the year was going to be big between the Sox and the Twins. Not the case. Uh, White Sox, on the other hand, uh, spent 11 days in first place this season. 11. Last time the White Sox saw the top of the AL Central was April 20th. Wow. Uh, Lance Lynn will be on the mound Tuesday night. He is 7-6 and six with an ERA of 4.02. Uh, Lynn is 0-1 with an ERA of 9.90 and 10 strikeouts and two appearances against the Twins this season. Last time Lance Lynn faced the Twins was on July 16th in Minnesota. He went five innings, seven hits, three of them home runs, and issued six earned runs. Hopefully, it's a completely different story, and they do finish strong with a fight and take it to the Minnesota Twins. Folks, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore a GGTB. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap Lance Lynn's outing and hopefully be celebrating a White Sox winner. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.